Wow. <laughs> it's Outside the Mic, everybody. Hey, welcome. Welcome to uh, Outside the Mic Season 2. That's right. Season 2. Can't believe it. It's here. 2020. What's up? What's up? Well, now we're doing sound effects with our mouth. That's right. Need... <laughs> yeah. No, we're going to do that one yet. <laughs> we just kind of slide it in there when we need it. We're like the, the beatbox guys, yeah, right? Yeah, we're trying to stuff. amp up our game a little bit. It's season two. We should know yeah. what we're doing by now, right, yeah. Marty? Well, I don't, I, God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> it only took us all day to get ready for this. We know what we're doing. That's the sound. That's what this sound is. Ah, his little his little cheat sheets, fact check thingy, yeah. my bobs. I, we were just having this conversation. I'm kind of old school a little bit. You know, I, I embrace technology, but once in a while, I just want to grab a pencil or a pen and write stuff. Well, no, a, first a he, he said he wanted to grab a typewriter. Yeah. I said, no, come on, Marty. <laughs> just grab a pencil. I did not say that, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> Start with the right away, right away, these these false claims about what I have said. I tell you. Isn't that what ya. this podcast is That's about? That's what it's about, baby. That's what it's about. And we just call them facts. We do. <laughs> Right? And, then, and then we say we fact check them. Right. It's really, we're, we're just going with what sounds good. We're fact checking them. How long has it been? If we actually had a calendar in front of us from the time we did our last episode, reflecting season one to this point in time, doesn't it feel like about a year with everything that's been going on? Well, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't it January or February? The last one we did. Uh, probably February. Yeah. I yeah. think you're right. Beginning of February. Of of eighty nine, <laughs> right? I don't have any hair. Marty's got a walker. Oh, how old were you in nineteen eighty nine, Jared? Sharon died. Did Sharon. you know our our uh, secretary, bookkeeper, librarian? I, that's what she said. I think she just didn't she, want to work for us she anymore. Quit. <laughs> just, it was so bad, and she was worried we were going to track her down. That she actually <laughs> said she died and did a whole obituary and everything like that. I kind of miss Sharon. I know. I she really was do. lovely. Yeah, she was. We were going to train her as our dancer. <laughs> and I think maybe that's what pushed her over the edge. She didn't quite have the hips for it. No. Yeah, she didn't. She was... or, or any hips at all. <laughs> <She's>... <laughs> for that matter. Anywho, Anywho, again, this is Outside the Mic. For those just tuning in, I'm Jarrett Weimer. And I'm Martin Meyer. And we, uh, we banter all things music-related. All matters music. All matters music. And I, I still think it's up for a vote, maybe by the outsiders at some point in time. Nah. No, we say that and then they don't vote. Yeah. <laughs> but it, we did most matters, many matters. What was your really cool saying at that last episode? The, mu- the, the matters that matter musically and something Muter, like mu- that. Muters, music that matters mostly. Mostly. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a floating, uh, like, logo-type theme thing that, you know, we keep chaining. But, yes, Just go, go with it. Yeah, we're going to go, go with, with it. Yeah, right on. So, right. I mean, coming in, we don't we don't really have any fact checks because this is, the this is again, the, the birth of Season 2. Yeah. 
Um, but again, we just uh, we talk about things that are. Uh, like we said, music related. We talk about uh, what's happening in artists' career, or maybe a legend that we knew, and what they did outside of their musical career, or how they use their career to impact the world. Um, and then sometimes we're just like, "Hey, this story was cool, and I wanted to share it." I, you know, I like that. I'm glad because I didn't think of actually going back to kind of just recap what it's about. Good job, Jarrett, because you got to take into consideration there might be people that are listening to this for the very first time. I consider all people. Wow. I consider the outsiders. That's one of the things I love about you, Jarrett. Thank you. You you consider everybody. Well, and, and really, to be honest, we still feel like we've got a bit of homework to do Kind of in that regard, but that was a good way of recapping it. The, the whole thing was about uh, telling stories that maybe you haven't heard. Probably, uh, well, generally, it's going to be something that we haven't heard either. Mm-hmm. And uh, we like to reflect on things that we think are inter- interesting and fascinating about people in the music industry. There right. There you go. Yeah. Like Kelly Clarkson's animal farm. Like, <laughs> like Rescue farm, like, I mean. Like her animal farm. <laughs> or uh, Mick Jagger's Porter career mm-hmm. in a mental hospital where he got his dance moves are we going we're reflecting season oh uh, we're, we're done with that sorry okay moving on here we go but no just a, a quick uh mention we you know we feel like in a way we really we're excited now and we've got to get this ball rolling we feel like we kind of lost momentum a little bit obviously things have happened i was out of the country uh, the whole COVID-19 thing is going on. And for everybody, things have changed a lot. And there's a lot right. of considerations in their world. So it's been a while. We were listening to the last episode and we realized we always had something we carried forth from the last episode. Mm-hmm. So now it feels like we're kind of, you know, starting from scratch in a way. Fresh. Yeah. But if, if if you do feel like putting something in there and you, you had a question that remained from last season, like, hey, they didn't follow up on this or that. Right. Uh, Probably we we won't have to worry about that, but just in case, if you're listening, you're like, hey, you guys never revisited this. And I know one thing I do want to throughout season two is there was a lot more information from our last episode before reflecting season one about La Vienne Rose. Oh yeah, um, and what's Edith, her, Edith Piaf. Edith Piaf. That that and Revolution from that episode in both raised. Revolution. Yeah. Well, now it's done. Yeah. We covered it. Good. There, there, there done. you go. <laughs> no, that was it. I just wanted Jared to <laughs> sing it again. <laughs> and he would go, Nobody so, wants that. Yeah, so we kind of have a clear board, but we appreciate you all for hanging in. We've had some listens, even without a lot of effort on our part. Uh, on Podbean, we've noticed that there have been some, uh, you know, just kind of some residual activity on there that that keeps going, and that's exciting, and we're good. Uh, we're glad to yeah. see that. We're we really appreciate it. Yeah. Absolutely. Right on. Absolutely. Right on. (laughs) We have a new feature to OTM. We've noticed by reflecting on season one that uh, Marty and I very much can go into uh, various rabbit holes and wander off the path when we're talking about our stories. So we both have... Uh, ready and loaded. We both have uh, buzzers on our phone. So when the other person gets too uh, too mumbly and rambling on, he'll just give a little bit of a too mumbly, <laughs> too mumbly. <laughs> I suggested originally, and see here, this is kind of this is the generation thing again, which has actually kind of become a feature on our show. 
we have these two different perspectives from our different generations. But I was going with the low tech thing. I was like, "Hey, Jared, I've got a red ruler, and I put, and I put it in this little container on the table." And I'm like, "Let when me you, just wave my red ruler." Yeah, I'm going all the way back to like you know nuns teaching you piano and slapping your. <laughs> you should slap my hand, folks. A red that? ruler, and I was like, "We'll just pull the red ruler out when we feel like we're just going and rambling too much." And Jared. In the meantime, downloaded a cool little app. What's it called? Red Buzzer app? I don't even know. The ultimate buzzer app. So when you hear that, it means time to move on. Yeah. Really, we should give you folks the uh, buzzer app and you let us know when it's time to to move on. (laughs) Yeah, that's when we're doing it live. Here's what I think now, too, if you look at this, because we could probably get carried away with the buzzer app and if we do <laughs> the next step is the red ruler yeah my That's cheeks are f- rosy enough and you start hitting me with that red ruler i'm gonna look like santa claus by the time we walk out of here <laughs> you kind of do right now all right all right i have a i want to just break down before i know you have a story yeah, jared actually did do some uh we try to mix balance the amount of research with just being improv and that, of course, is a rationale for not doing all the work that we should probably really be doing. But uh, he does. He did do some research, I know, and I'm not mm-hmm. privy to everything. Nope. Um, I'm not cognizant yep. of nope. what you're going to do. Do you know nope. that word, yep. Jared? That's when you're, you're, yeah, you know what's going on. Okay, good job, Jared. I am cognitive. Well, I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll have to look that up now. I think that's a... <laughs> proper derivation of that word that's right Uh, derivation that made me realize thinking of words that you don't know of how we have in uh, i'm just going to reflect really quickly on how quickly we can sort of uh dive into a new sort of segment so in the beginning we had b-sides yep we knew we were going to do that from the start right uh so we had the stories about artists outside the mic we had b-sides and then the next thing we hatched was misheard lyrics right we had a lot of fun with that and then that led to uh just through the natural progression there was words like mondegreen mondegreen was the first one and then shortly after that i realized there's a lot of words that jared doesn't know I didn't know that was actually a segment of the the show, but that's fine. It has now become a segment. I said, and we're calling it paid more if it's all about me. It, it's called <laughs> words Jarrett doesn't know are Jarrett's vocabulary lesson. I'm going to be smart after this. You is are done. <laughs> well. I, that's kind of. I concur, good sir. I'm glad you're so optimistic about it. Uh, glass there, half full kind of guy over here. <laughs> you are. There is also the guess the comedy sketch. Ah, we did one of those. We've only done that once. What what were they called? The Scuttle Brothers? No, what were they called? The Smothers Brothers. The Smothers Brothers. We're the Scuttle Brothers. We're the Scuttle Brothers. There you go. I like it, brother. That's good. (laughs) The Smothers Brothers, which I do really want to revisit some of their stuff again because I really like them. And, well, I hope everybody enjoyed that. That was not a pilot. Again, in case you missed the last episode and you were still wondering, which I'm sure there's so many people hanging on the edge of their seat going, Mm -hmm. how did they come up with that whole not a pilot thing? That was the Smothers Brothers. Look them up. Look them up. And so (laughs) you did. Did you? No, you showed me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being honest about that. Well, so the reason I bring up the segments is, um, and I'm just going to do this really quickly because... I didn't have time to research as much as I would have liked to. <laughs> Imagine that. But along with misheard lyrics, I stumbled upon something that was a story about misunderstood lyrics. Oh, oh that's a whole new ball game. I've always been described as misunderstood. That's my ball game thing. Did you get that? 
too late, Jarrett. You didn't buzz it's, me. In that's not working. <laughs> My buzzer's there. It is. Oh, okay, you got me. You got me. So fascinating, and I guess I hadn't really thought about it. I'm sure I have when I'm listening to a song, and I might have an interpretation. And I think I've, I've reflected before, thinking like, I wonder if that's really what they meant. Hmm. Apparently, there's a lot of songs where people have taken it wrong. They've uh, totally misinterpreted misinterpreted what the meaning of the song was. In fact, there's a lot of songs that are used at like weddings yeah. that weren't really supposed to be a love song <laughs> at all. So, but I picked a really quick one and we'll just kind of jump in with that and then go to your, you have the, uh, the real meat. I got of, the meat. You got the meat of the meat program. Meat and potatoes. You got the substance. You just uh, got that like side yeah. freezer burn green beans that everybody, yeah. That's it. <laughs> I got the side. I just the reason that bird. hit me is I just cleaned out my freezer and I found a old bag of Sam's Club green beans that were tucked away. So there's <laughs> there's that. You know, it, I know we don't sound like that, but we like to play on being a little combative. You know, that's kind of like the the comedy duo thing mm-hmm. that people do. But you know what Jared did at the beginning? He was trying to uh, move and connect. Our monitor, and he knocked over a basket okay. on our desk. Okay, so I'm 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 getting over that a little bit, but I'm good. I'm okay, good. so here's the thing: we have this basket in our studio. <laughs> it's the catch-all basket. It's got everything from little screws to pencils to pencil lead to eraser tops to little quarter-inch connect. Anywho, yeah. shut it, buzzer. <laughs> no. All right, I spilt it. It's fine. I'm gonna pick it up. Moving on. I was being a little OCD and I came in there. I was like, oh, I see what happened. That's what that noise was. You knocked the basket mm-hmm. over. So you will. You will clean that up before we leave this studio, Jarrett Weimer. How many kids you got? Jarrett Michael Weimer. Yo! <laughs> <laughs> Throw me under the bus, why don't you? All right, back on track. Okay. Misunderstood lyrics. Did you know, did you ever think about... I No, I didn't. Or did you ever hear this about Tom Petty's song, American Girl? Oh, she's an American girl. Right she now. was an American girl. Yeah. Do you know what it's about? American girl? Good guess. Oh. Wow. She's No, it's about a Canadian girl, huh? <laughs> she's trying to get across the border? <laughs> well, that's the misunderstood part. It's actually about a Canadian uh-huh. girl. Aha! How could we misunderstand it's about not. being about an American it's, girl? It's not. But, okay. you know, anytime we talk about... So I think both of us can appreciate that. I want a really quick moment of silence for Tom. Oh, yeah. brother Tom. There we go. What a genius. We love Tom. We cover his songs. Mm-hmm. And he went too soon. So that's kind of why I chose this one. Being cool. out, of, out of my respect for Tom Petty. I dig it. So one of his most beloved songs, the track melded jangling 1960s guitars with late 1970s punk new wave influence to become a classic, ending Petty's concerts right up to the final show before his untimely passing. So he always ended his shows. I didn't know that. Because I never got to, Yeah, with American Girl. I never got to see him. I didn't get to see him either. One of my great disappointments as far as artists that I have missed. But he always did that. He had a way of uh, creating some sort of unique characteristics to his song. And like they said here, he's combining these different stylistic elements from, from different decades. Hmm. So for years, the song was thought to be about a girl, I never heard this, but apparently a lot of people did, a girl who committed suicide by throwing herself from a residential tower at the University of Florida, which is located in Petty's hometown of Gainesville. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) However, Petty himself categorically 
<laughs> I'm is looking that, at Jerry. Does it's that just, mean when you categorize things? Now every time I say any big word, I'm just going to look to see. He has this thing. It kind of just glazes <laughs> over his eyes if he doesn't he understand. drills a little bit. <laughs> drilling a little bit. <laughs> Categorically shot the story down in the 2005 book, Conversations with Tom Petty. And did you know there was a book called Conversations with Tom I did not know. Petty? Now I want to read that. I that want, would be cool. I definitely want to read that book. We can bring that into outside the mic. Yeah. Uh, and this is in quotes, urban legend, it becomes a huge urban myth down in Florida. And he says, that's just not at all true. The song has nothing to do with that, but that story really gets around. I wish I could imitate Tom, but that story really gets around. (laughs) They've really got the whole story. I've even seen magazine articles about that story. Is it true or isn't it true? They could have just called me and found out it wasn't true. So hold on, it's not about the girl that killed it's herself. It's not, and he just said he's like he's like it's urban legend, and he's amazed at just how extensive. How that, you know, that in the story hell did we go from American Girl to this Florida chick who? Mm-hmm. How did that happen? Well, see, and now that's an interest. There we go. We've launched our first little. You know, Angry Bird. I don't um, know why I called it that. But. Curious, Watson. Yeah, it, it makes you wonder. And maybe it's out there. Maybe it's not. Who started it? I mean, do people just do that for kicks? You know, they're like. Well, I mean, look on the Internet. How many falsified uh, every day you see uh, uh, a news article about some celebrity who died and then you find out, no, they didn't die. Someone's just. Yeah passing around nonsense i hate those i hate that well there's so many ways rumors can get started and yeah. it's just our our urban legend can get started somebody could just be talking in a bar and had too many drinks and then they're like, oh yeah i know that some girl jumped off a tower it's about suicide and then boom the next thing you know and there was like a journalist wow. sitting down three, yeah three seats down in the bar and he's like oh really uh-huh. starts writing it down then he publishes it in a florida newspaper it uh-huh. makes its way back to la near the beverly hills where tom petty was and he goes nonsense that actually happened so you know we're starting a new urban legend about it so uh yeah here on otm it's facts baby practicality of tom petty though i love it he's like they could have just called me (laughs) and found out it wasn't true why didn't they just call me here's my number from now on yeah just call me i love it free falling is not about a highway Poor vampires. Well, it's not about jumping out of an airplane and your chute doesn't open. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> but So in the same book, he explained the song's true inspiration came from his time living in California. That, 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 sounds, that sounds right. In quotes, I was living in an apartment where I was right by the freeway. The cars would go by in Encino near Leon Russell's house. And I remember thinking that that sounded like the ocean to me. Is that your Tom Petty? (laughs) That's as close as I can get right now without hearing him in an interview. That was my ocean. This makes me almost emotional. I love Tom. Just the way he talks. That was my ocean. My Malibu, where I heard the waves crash, but it was just the cars going by. I think that must have inspired the lyric. Isn't that something? Wow. Just sitting there listening to cars and going, no, that's not cars on a freeway. That's the ocean. I can relate. When I I lived on uh, in in hollywood mm-hmm. uh i lived on argyle and it there's freeway that ran right by i think it was the 101 that ran right by that's it. right you were a hollywoodian yeah i was while. and yeah i mean it was it sounded just there's this low hum you know so i guess it, mm-hmm. it could be it could be described as an ocean i think when i lived in santa monica off the 10 freeway when we were only a couple blocks <clears throat> you would get that too yeah you kind mm-hmm. of that sense 
Or maybe it was just like, I'm so tired of listening to cars, I'm going to pretend it's the ocean now instead. Mm, it's hey, the ocean. <laughs> white noise is white noise, That's right? right. It's like, you know, what, Sometimes what I heck? stare in front of the TV with the white noise on and I kind of drool a little bit. And I'm really, I'm in, I'm, I'm in Malibu on the beach and I'm about 50 pounds lighter and I'm, you know, got a muscly, I've got my abs on. And I'm, anyways, I'm going to do, do, want- do that myself. <laughs> Do you want me to get the couch here, Jared? No, I'm fine. I don't need to. Di- I don't need to digress. About this is going to be a new segment too, and it'll oh, be. A, we'll have boy. another thing where it's not the red ruler, but it's like the psychiatrist notebook, and then we just go, okay, <laughs> you get to hit the couch now. Let's go it was deeper. my dad. He just never loved me, man, and I just, I don't know. <laughs> We're gonna go deep. The sound for that will be like. My dog Buster died, and it just really hit me. You know, it just kind of stayed there. <laughs> Moving on. So that was our new, okay. we just launched a new right segment, on. Misunderstood I Lyrics. I dig it. I love to go. jump in on that. That'd be cool. Right. right on. And all, all respect, Tom Petty. Yeah. You the man. We you love the man, you, Tom Petty. Yeah. Right on. Well, cool. So let's dive into the story. So um, this is going to be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really fall with the uh, mission statement of Outside the Mic. But again, it's yeah. about music. It's great. It's going to work. It's music that matters. matters in music. You've so said that gonna... before, and I'm, I keep looking for our mission statement, and I just can't. I'm looking. Let me see. Is it over here? Maybe we, maybe, we don't, <laughs> maybe we don't have one. That's fine. Well, that's a good reminder. It's time to write our mission statement. Yeah. And then, and then, we'll just keep doing what Then I can doing. fact check whether or not Jared really is abiding to our mission statement or not. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. So, today's stories about Dewey Lad takes us back to 1999. Actually, so wait, hold on. A, wait. It takes us back to 1962, but that's okay. Oh, and I forgot. This is another segment on our show, Jarrett's. Yeah. Jarrett is a impersonator. That's right. There we go. So here's the, this is an Irishman, ready? Okay. Or st- <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so here we go. Our Jared is this learning is good. No, and listen trying up. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. It's good. All right. No, I'm going to do any voices. Here we go. Okay. So All this right. is the outside the mic. This isn't a new segment. This is outside the mic. This is basically, right? This is this is it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Got yes, it. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> this is a real deal. You ready? Thanks for letting Three, me Three, two, one. Here we go. Got it. I'm with you. Okay. Uh, so our story starts uh, February 7th, 1962. Whoa, I wasn't even born yet. All right, sorry. A wee lad was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. He was the youngest child to Toriel Raymond Brooks Jr. I don't know if that first name was right, but just, just roll with me. He's a draftsman from an oil company and Colleen McElroy Carroll, a 1950s country Irish singer. In 1981, at the age of 19, this now adult wee lad became overwhelmed with passion for country after hearing George Strait's Unwound, which prompted him to begin pursuing playing country music. It didn't take long for our artist to hit fame and success as his first album charted number two on country billboard charts, which spearheaded a multi-platinum career and music legend status. His first album included the hit songs like Much Too Young to Feel This Old, No Counting on You, and the infamous country love song that everyone knows, The Dance. Marty, yeah, well, can you guess who our legendary country wee lad is? Can I tell you something, Jarrett? Yeah. <laughs> yes, you can. I don't please. know if you intended to, but if you were trying to to make it mysterious at all, the very one of the very first things you said was his parents' last name was Brooks. I didn't. It could have been anybody. Yeah. <laughs> 
You don't know that. <laughs> but as soon as you did, I'm kind of going through my head going, well, and they can change country, their country, name, country, but I'm going, mm, okay. I'm going Garth Brooks. And then, <laughs> right you yeah, are. And then you said, uh, you said country, and then you said the dance. And of course, did I, before, I don't, know, I don't want to take us too far because I don't want to get buzzed mm-hmm. by the red buzzer. I've got it ready here. But I'm glad you're doing this because... I don't know. I think you and I probably did have this conversation at one on one time. We used to do a concert here in Hot Springs. Uh, my very good friend David Lee Brown started this. It was called uh, Songwriters Gallery, and mm-hmm. we brought Nashville songwriters from Nashville. And this was the first time it really, really dawned on me that there's all these geniuses behind these major hits because yeah, you yeah. get and Garth is one of those. He didn't write. He didn't always write his own songs. He got a lot of credit for it because he had enough clout later where I think he said, if I'm going to cover your song, I get to be listed as a writer on your song. Hmm. Um, I don't think he was listed on the dance, but I got to meet Tony Arada, who actually wrote the dance. Are you serious? Yeah, he can't. Great I don't think guy. I've ever, I, don't, I mean, I've heard about the song marriage guy, but I, I don't know if you've ever mentioned that. Well, we need, in fact, you know what would be fun is, uh, I think, I know for a fact Tony would, you know, not that we're buddies, that we stay in touch, but we had him here twice yeah. and really got to know him, and I know he remembers me, and it would be really fun to see if we could give him a phone call sometime. So. On on air, on the yeah. show? Yeah, yeah, that would be yeah. really cool. Yeah, Ooh, so, so I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the dance. Brilliant song, and just, and then I'll let you go on. One mm-hmm. thing I learned from that was that and I wasn't a huge country guy then. There were songs I appreciated. You don't but strike I, me as a huge country guy. Thank you. Thank you. I don't wear a cowboy hat. I don't. But I, I does really, wear boots. But. <laughs> well, David was very good at picking songwriters that he just felt like they really knew their craft and they wrote really, really good songs. And Tony Arata was one of them. But when I got to hear these songs done by the people who actually wrote them to you, kind of mm. got, you really got the song even more. Sure. And that song is brilliant. That's oh, it I is. Say. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, it brings everyone. It's in every wedding. It's in every, yeah, yep. it's good. And that is a love song. <clears throat> so I'm not going to go too much into Garth Brooks's success in his career because we know he's like uh, one of the legendary country guys, kind of new age country. It's great. Yeah. Uh, uh, a lot of people love Garth Brooks. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But we're going to fast forward to a time in his career. We're going to go to 1999. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Are you with me? I'm, I'm thinking I know about this. Are too, you with yeah. me, Marty? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Brooks is in works with his production company, Red Strokes Entertainment. Uh, he began developing a movie uh, uh, for him to star in. Okay. So the movie was titled The Lamb. Did you ever hear talk about The Lamb back in the day? I did not hear <clears throat> about The Lamb. But you're saying he was working on it as well or, or his so he was working on with red strokes entertainment that's his production company but it was also kind of with cohering with uh paramount as well they were in, involved in that okay. paramount studios okay gotcha so it's supposed okay. to be probably a pretty big movie you know if paramount's involved that sounds about right the lamb yeah so the lamb it was, not, not the silence it didn't become silent no it wasn't a okay. silent lamb okay because it's about it's <laughs> a, obviously about Go on. So, um, the lamb was to set uh, was to be centered around a fictional rock singer named Chris Gaines. Oh gosh. <laughs> okay, I know Chris. Ga- I had no idea the movie had anything to do with Chris Gaines, but I know that's where it about- started. That's okay. where the whole character Chris Gaines started from. So the plot was to cast light on Chris Gaines, the rocker, uh, and his emotional uh, conflicted life as a musician in the public eye. Wow. Okay. So during this, um, Brooks had to start promoting or start promotional uh, events for the movie. So to promote the movie, Brooks posed as Chris Gaines 
and released an album called The Life of Chris Gaines. The album was to symbolize as a greatest hits album for this fictional rocker. Uh, It was said the album song timeline was spanning several decades of recordings or supposedly these recordings of of Chris Gaines. Uh, Like he had a long career in music and, and was a super successful rocker. So... I had no okay yeah keep going this is interesting yeah, I knew yeah, all about the Chris good. Gaines thing but I didn't know about the movie so I'm learning yeah it, it gets good just as yeah okay. so the promotion for this movie went as far as Brooks appearing as Gaines on a VH1 behind the scenes episode uh, as well as a musical guest on Saturday Night Live as Chris Gaines well so SNL uh, Garth Brooks he hosted the show as himself. Okay. But was the musical guest on SNL I as Chris Gaines? I did not know that either. Y- okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, so on this VH1 uh, behind-the-scenes episode, uh, Brooks went so far to sell the fictional character as real that he had known artists like Billy Joel and a few other, a uh, few known journalists at the time interview on this VH1 behind-the-scenes like they knew Chris Gaines. Serious interviewers. Serious, yeah. Okay. Billy Joel was one of them that I saw. Uh, There's a few other journalists that I didn't, and and so Billy Joel. Yeah, he was one of the, the acting like he knew who Chris Gaines was. Oh, okay. Like he, he was a real person was he doing the interview as the no, he was being he was interviewed. Just commenting. Got yes. It, got it. Yep. Got it. Yep. I yep. It. Okay. Reflecting. And on. so, um, what was even crazier is is for the behind the scenes episode. The developed uh, they developed another character. Um, it was police officer Barry Sanders. Okay, do you remember this? Okay, um, he told a story of how he responded. He was one on the first of the scene to a, uh, a suicide attempt by Chris Gaines oh, Lord. when he drove his car um, off a cliff. And so it was reported that Gaines was left with broken arms, broken pelvis, uh, and, and a ton of disfigurements. Um, so severe that Gaines reportedly refused to do any press for his Apostle album. Which um, would have been the second or the... It, it, I don't know. Okay. I did, he had like okay. six albums, supposed albums. This is Chris Gaines. Supposedly. But supposedly. do we know how many he actually did record as Chris Gaines? He, he recorded the greatest, just the greatest hits. And so <sighs> the only one that... <laughs> The only album that really got recorded was The Greatest Hits. And I'm I'm going to try to find a little bit of the... uh, That's that's what you do in the music industry. Make somebody up, (laughs) and then you record an album called Their Greatest Hits. Good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to try to see if I can find the the song. One of the the hit is, I think it's like Lost in You or something. Okay, well... Um, Chris Gaines. But anyway, so... Well, if you want to look, I got got a comment. Yeah, go for it. Yes, yeah. You look on your phone, because... Here is what's interesting. I what year did you say it was again? 1990? 1999. 1999. Right the big 2K, yeah. I think there was there may have been even prior to that. That was when the album was released. Was 99. Is that correct? The Chris Gaines album that he actually did it release. It could have been right around that time because that's when they were starting to promote the movie. So they of course they would come up with this false greatest hits album. Yeah. So it could have been around that time. Well, yeah. I'm I'm thinking and I'm just reminiscing or reflecting back and trying to remember. I do recall that somebody I knew and I thought it was when I was with uh, the software company in California that somebody had bought his CD, Chris Gaines, and we were laughing about it. And I just remember thinking, this is so absurd to me that garth brooks is doing this mm-hmm. and and yet i'm thinking i'm trying to think in my head it's like why would somebody do this and I, well maybe he just wanted to do 
a different style of music. And this was the way he wanted to do it as, as a different person. But now when you mention it, which is why I'm really glad you're doing this, as you think about, well, yeah, if you're going to create a new artist and it's not going to be you, it's an alter ego, mm-hmm. I guess you would have to have a little bit of juice about who they are, where they came from, or yeah. else what are you going to do? It's like all of a sudden out of nowhere, this mystery guy appears, got dropped here on an, on an alien ship and <laughs> got a record deal and signed with uh, Warner and released an album. So there's a lot apparently a lot more that went into creating this persona than I ever realized. Right. And I do recall that it didn't seem like the album did very well because most, I mean, when it came out, it was pretty obvious he wasn't keeping it or if he tried to, it wasn't a big secret. People knew this was Garth Brooks. Right. I mean, we did when we were talking about it at the time, we were like, okay, Garth Brooks is this Chris Gaines guy. So I wonder if he ever really tried to keep it under wraps to the point where people weren't supposed to know and they were still going to just jump on this guy and think he's the latest, greatest thing. Well, the thing that gets me is just how far he went to make this character seem so real Mm -hmm. talking about and it and it gets into like there was the one on the I think it was on the oh, yeah. Uh, So on the fornicopia on Chris Gaines's fornicopia album he has a song called <laughs> fornicopia <laughs> um he has a song called it don't matter to the sun which is reportedly written for chris gaines's mother after his father died from a three-year battle with cancer i mean they went so far wow. in depth to create these stories of chris gaines and the um the the story goes that chris's dad sang the song to his wife chris's mother um, when Gaines was younger and, and remember it's all fake, you know, it's all, it's not real, but it sure sounds like a legit mm-hmm. dude. Um, yeah, this is all fiction. Yeah. And so it, basically the whole, uh, like it gets worse. Like the whole focal point around Chris Gaines's career is that he, his biggest like downfall or his, you know, big, biggest like conflict in his life was that he was a sex addict. Okay. And didn't, so didn't know that. he was suffered from this addiction. Yeah. I mean, they go into it about Chris Gaines's and the women wouldn't stay away from him and all this stuff. Um, and so then they go ahead and say like Gaines blamed his, his own father for not loving him enough. And that's why he had this addiction and stuff like that. Oh, A fictional character. Yeah. And Brooks, I mean, uh, I, I don't know if he went as far as to make these stories, but enough, uh, you know, I guess enough thought went into this character that, I mean, they really tried to give him this rocker backstory and why he would have these songs. And I suppose the songs are really great. And I'm, and I'm going to find, I'm going to find the one to show you. Well, it, it, I'm just blown <laughs> away by the, to the level at which they, they, I mean, this is way beyond anything. I always, like I said, from my experience, yeah, Garth Brooks did this. This mm. was some songs he wanted to do. Uh, and even when I mentioned that, like, yeah, you're going to have to do a little research because you want to have this guy not just appear out of nowhere. But this is way more extensive than anything I would have imagined them doing. And it almost makes you wonder, was this something that he really needed to, like, live out? Does he have, I mean, maybe these things were part of, like, well, we talk about alter ego. Yeah. Maybe this is an actual alter ego that Garth Brooks was experiencing. I mean, his whole persona as a, 
when you think about it as a country star is kind of kind of just like an alter ego is he really like that kind of goes this is a good outside the micer Jarrett. for right. sure yeah and yeah. this could be I, while you're doing that this is good i'm already here we go we're launching uh <laughs> you got a launch pad and then these other things come up good. i'm looking at other possible alter egos because i didn't realize there's not just Chris Gaines. Other people have done this before. To this extent, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That, and and that's uh, that's kind of what I was hinting, getting at was uh, I'm going to try to do a series of artists that have developed alter egos oh. uh, in their career. Or, um, yeah, anyways. It's a segment within a segment. A segment within a segment. I mean, I just found enough stories where we could do a couple episodes. And so that's that's kind of what spearheaded me here. The all matters that matter musically, matter. mostly <laughs> mentally. <laughs> that's all I can say. All right, cool. So now I found... The video. So this is Chris Gaines, Lost in You. This is his his hit. Oh, right? that's what you were looking for. The actual, an yeah, actual, this is actual yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you, is it hard to find? Is it not like on iTunes, stuff like that? No, yeah. It? So, I mean, that's, and that's the big thing with Garth Brooks right now is he's not on really any major streaming platform. It was wow. really hard to find this because uh, he pulled all his stuff, not on Apple Music, not, hmm. you know. But I think he's either got a, I'll have to, this is a good fact check. Uh, he's either got one, a deal in the works where he's going to be exclusively on Amazon or it's Spotify, one of those two. I believe okay. it's Amazon, but I'll, I'll check that out. But, it's like, come on, man. Don't you want people to listen to your music? You know? Well, that's an interesting topic, I think, that we should cover in the future is there is a lot of controversy around streaming mm-hmm. and the type of royalties that they're getting compared to what they used to get. And obviously, somebody like Garth doesn't really need the money so much, so to speak. Not that I, you know, I have a right to say that. I can make as much money as he wants. But mm-hmm. obviously, he's made a lot of money in his career. But there are some concerns. And I am. It's an interesting thing to research and kind of look at some facts, like what are people right. making versus what they used to make on album sales. And how do you calculate royalties when it's not so much people are buying it, mm-hmm. just streaming it? And where are they streaming it? And how are they streaming it? And what device yeah. are they streaming it on? You know what I mean? It's just so much. Yeah. The world we live in today, I mean, it probably makes keeping accountability on mm-hmm. what what royalties uh, everybody in the industry should make off of these songs. It's probably hard to keep it, in, you know. On track. Well, yeah, with there's so many different sources. I I may re- look this up while we're listening, or I don't. We'll include it later. But I do recall recall reading a quote somewhere, and I think it was Roseanne Cash, and she gave an example. She said, "Here's how many streams I've had of this song, and here's how much I made." You know, this was. And there's that factor too. There's a lot to discuss because mm. you can't really match it with albums exactly because it's a hell of a lot more convenient than going out and spending money yeah. buying a, a, even a 45 or an album. Right. So maybe it shouldn't be exactly the same, but she compared and contrasted between that and if she had actually had even radio play though. Right. Uh, what she would have got versus radio play. So that's a whole nother topic we'll deal with later on. And you're seeing so. more and more artists. You see, we're getting off on our rabbit hole. I'm going to write this you, down, though. Yeah, so write it down. This yeah. is good to talk about. Yeah. You're seeing more and more artists, instead of releasing full-length albums, you know, 12, 15 songs per album, you're seeing them just release singles at a time. Exactly. Uh, there's a yeah. lot of pop artists right now. They're just coming out with singles. You don't see them putting out albums. Or they put out several singles and then book, group it up into an album later. 
Uh, you're seeing a lot of that. And I think that's just the world we live in today. But okay, so yeah. here is Chris Gaines, uh, a.k.a. Garth Brooks, a.k.a. Chris Gaines, a.k.a. Garth Brooks, we don't know. Uh, his hit single, <laughs> Lost in You. Groovy. Yeah. Got a, definitely not country. I listen to his voice. He gets me. There's no more waiting. Holding out for love. He's sounding like he wore tighter underwear <laughs> or something. <laughs> I mean, the falsetto. I mean, I, if that's Garth, man, what a great voice. Because, uh, you know, I'm going to pull up. Here's a Garth. Well, you can tell. I could I could hear the the characteristics. Right, right in that first phrase, there was that characteristic sort of Garth Brooks throat sound that I could tell was him. But yet, is that whole song in that range? Is it it's, yeah, all his all songs that, in that and range? That's, that's what people commented most about was the falsetto that he was singing ah. the whole time. They were like, oh, my gosh, this is so beautiful. Which, yeah, I mean, he's singing it great. And it seems uh-huh. like a great song, legit, you know. Uh, but just Maybe for a that little... was part of it. Garth was just like, I can't sing in my falsetto range in country because people will think I'm I'm a sissy or something. So I got to create this other, well, there's all sorts of theories you could dive into with that. But. Well, and I think, too, is, and, and I'm sure there's been conversation about this, but I'm sure... Uh, you, uh, a musician, I think to be successful, you may like rock and roll or you may like this genre. This might be your favorite, but what pays the bread is you're playing these country songs, you know, yeah. or, yeah. uh, and that's what happened here. I mean, he's, he did great. Chris Gaines, there was gr- good music came out of that. Uh, but it flopped. Essentially it totally flopped. People didn't understand. People were confused. They were like, are you, you know, Brooks, mm-hmm. are you good, man? Like what's going mm-hmm. on here? Uh, but maybe it was just like, he wanted to do these songs mm-hmm. and he wanted to do them like this instead of his, instead of like this. And I know, but, but what's the definition of, of it flopping in the, if you look at the, if you're contrasting it with what else he did, sure, it's going to be a flop. It's yeah. not going to sell what, but I'm curious about that too. Well, did he, did, how many sales? Yeah, true. Of it? I'm curious. But I mean, and, and what I'm talking about is like the movie never came out, The Lamb. Oh, okay. It, they okay. got, it scrapped that. Uh, nobody understood, I think when they found out or when they, when they, you know, if they knew it was, Garth Brooks being Chris Gaines, I don't think they understood what's with this alter ego and why, why are you going so in depth with this character and why are you Mm -hmm. coming up with things? It'd be one thing if you just appeared as Chris Gaines just for like a cool moment in time or something like that's one thing, but I mean, he really went into, but anyways, here's, here's a little Brooks. Let's see if I get it. I showed up in boots and ruined her blind tie Holy smokes. So there you go. There's the contrast. He's got a good voice. <laughs> now, see, that, that always, that's one of the things that's always fascinated me about country music, too, is is this characteristic sort of twanginess, they call it. Mm. You know, was that... I got to watch that. Did you watch the uh, public TV thing about country music? No, I didn't, huh? I, I remember you talking about I, it. Yeah. I watched one episode. I need to watch the rest. There's a lot of hours of history what was about it called country again? music. I think it's just called country music or... Just public, public, 
TV, country music? Yeah, I go to, I know if you search on country music on public TV, you'll find it. I don't know okay. if that's the exact title. Yeah. But that talks about the roots. And I wonder, where does that come from? Because that came, it became such a signature. Is that the way Garth always well, sang? Or did he just like, I'm going to be a country singer, so now I'm going to sing like <laughs> And he was in the time, I mean, the, the late 90s, early 2000s was really when you saw rock and country uh, blend. You really yeah, saw the them to crossfade yeah. like that. Before you could you could easily you know deploy country music with the the boom chuck or the railroad the train mm, truck uh, and dog and yeah. yeah. And now you're seeing big drums, big electric guitars, but and the yeah. only real really diverse difference is the twangy voice that right. you hear. You know, right. and uh, which not you know look at somebody like Keith Urban. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't good. sing that way. But right? listen to his music. It's rock. It's yeah. very much rock with maybe like a banjo thrown in there uh-huh. or something. And he's a rocker. If you've seen him, he shreds yeah. and he does all this. Yeah. But maybe country was just the platform or the genre that was able to be most successful. Well, that's a, a brilliant accomplishment actually these days in that industry is because if you can grab that market, which is huge, sure. and still be able to do stuff that you feel like is your style of music and not necessarily the Nashville sound or the characteristic country twang stuff and you still have that market that's that's genius yeah another great example real quick is chris stapleton so he was a part of the uh this band i think they were not the steel drivers but uh, he was part of basically a metal band okay um and a while ago and and it pretty i mean pretty successful but he didn't really gain his success until he started writing country Uh and writing and doing that's what everybody knows is chris stapleton he's like the new outlaw country guy uh, which you listen to his stuff, very much rock, very little country. I mean, look, country right. influence, but he's got some rock roots. I know he's stuff. really super popular. I have to admit, I don't. I'm not familiar with his stuff, but I know it's. Yeah, it's kind of more the new country, right? right. Yeah, it's right. Like rock. A lot of people love him. Yeah, a lot of people I know just love him. I'll have to uh, avail myself. You to will some of his stuff, and just to be able to grow a beard like Chris Stapleton. Wait, wait till you see that. He's got uh, the long hair, and he's kind of a hippie that. beard guy. Yeah, you got. Now, we both have beards kind of going right now. I've got the the quarantine beard going on. You do, you know? yeah. It's uh, <laughs> when you're just like, I don't care anymore. I've been at home by myself for like three weeks, and yeah, uh, you know, you just grow it out and look a little hobo beard. It's cool. Uh, my mine is the I'm just too damn busy to shave beard. That's kind of that's <laughs> kind of what would, I call that. You just had I'm a kid graduate. You got a little busy. one you're taking care of. I get it, man. J T D B. It's the I J T T D B beard. Yeah, uh, I hate go. to catch that. There, there we go. So, so as usual, I have uh, lots of questions. And while yeah. you were looking that up too, I had a little bit of time to just. I, I like the segment within a segment, and I know you have more probably, but I think it's fascinating, and maybe you aren't aware of this, and some of these I had heard of, some of them I hadn't, but this could go, we could get some mileage out of this. Uh, found a list of the 15 most famous alter egos in music history. I want to name them all, just a few, but one that I was familiar with, and I hadn't thought about, David Bowie was Ziggy Stardust. Mm. Um, and I think with him, it was more about, he created a persona for... And I might be wrong, but I think he created a persona like for a particular album concept. Oh, yeah. And then that's what he would do. So you knew it was like, okay, this is David Bowie, but now he's Ziggy Stardust. And he's, which I guess it's kind of the same thing, except that 
I don't know if he tried to sell it like it was this different person with all the back history and everything. Yeah, like that. that would be that's where it was the that's extreme with the Chris Gaines situation. Yeah, that's where yeah. people probably thought it was weird and and I think Garth Brooks even made the comment. He's like, you know what? For people who got it, they loved it, and pre- for people who didn't get it, they didn't get it. You know, and yeah, whatever. Well, and how many people nowadays are? You wonder, like, if it was a flop at the time too. But how many people are going to? explore this now yeah. like we're doing and say oh i want to hear what chris gaines sounded like right and that's he's smart to do that then yeah. because now people are going to have to go download it on amazon and he's going to get his royalties for it yeah He'd probably yeah. make a lot more money than he originally expected he was going to make off of good old chris gaines sure enough and and what if he were to do like a comeback or bring chris gaines back for a, for oh a show my. or something i'm sure people will just explode and uh oh, did you yeah. see childish gambino just covered chris gaines uh, I don't know when I was looking it up. Did not. He see just that. he just covered Chris Gaines' uh, "Lost in You," the song that we just played. That I thought that was kind of nuts. I'm sorry, I just had to cringe a little bit there because. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't like childish games. I'm, I'm not a huge fan. Not not that he's you know I never I reserve judgment, but I'm not. Uh, there was one song I don't even remember what it was, but I'm like him doing Chris Gaines. That's like the ultimate bizarre sure. combination for me. But, I can't. So no, sometimes I, I can't it. take uh, I can't take Childish Gambino seriously because I mean, I mean and, and he's, he's doing so great. Childish. Well, <laughs> no, 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 he was on that TV show, The Community, which was like similar to The Office, similar to Parks and Rec. But uh-huh. It's like all these. Uh, call they're not college kids. They're a little older. Well, mm-hmm. and then they like make a group, but some of them are like uh, Ch- uh, Chevy Chase was in it. He played oh. he played like a sixty year old man going back to college, and uh, uh, I, I forget his name, but Childish Gamb- I forget his real name, but Childish Gambino was in that. Right. And uh, so every time I see him making his music, which some of it's good, mm-hmm. I can't. I mean, it's like all I think about is him in the community, and he kind of plays this like nerdy kid him and this other guy are a duo hmm. and they're kind of nerds and anyways it's well, uh, it's safe to say this is as much probably as we're going to cover him on our show yeah. so <laughs> let's, let's just say that um sure sure okay have you ever heard of luke the drifter no who's that alter ego for hank williams are you serious? Serious. I have, I'm, I'm not going to look that one up. Yeah, I'm just going to, we're not going to, we're going to scratch the surface, which we've said that before. And yeah. then we ended up <laughs> scratching a big old groove in it, but not this time. Um, huh. And then the next thing, uh, this one I did hear of David Johansson, who is Buster Poindexter. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a whole list. There's a lot more. Didn't you say something about Lady Gaga at one point in time? Yeah. Yeah. So that's something to look at. Uh, Lady Gaga, she had, uh, um, what was it? I think she dressed up like a dude or something like that. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll bring it in next, next episode. There's the ultimate alter ego is to actually do the other, the other sex. Yeah. I think she came in as a dude. Okay. Uh, I think there's a little bit of a story, so I'll do a little quick mini next episode with her. Uh, I'll have to look into that, but yeah, that, that was another one that I had found where I was like, Holy crap. I didn't know this was a thing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's, it's a lot bigger than I ever realized because I definitely had heard of Chris Gaines and now when you think about it I've heard of some of these that I just mentioned but I guess I never I never thought of them in that same sort of vein like Chris Gaines yeah uh, so but they are similar so it's it's, right. a, it's a neat topic to cover right on man right so, on so okay so I don't know where we're at we're gonna try to not focus so much on the time this time as long as we're not getting <laughs> into two hours but uh, as usual I think that's something we can learn, Jarrett, still, is what we realize is we do, it's, 
obviously when you're having a conversation, that's what conversation is about. It makes you think of something. It leads you in another direction. But some of that, we're just going to yeah. take that direction and use it next time. <laughs> that's what the red buzz is. Or sometimes you got to give it the old buzz. <laughs> yeah, give it the old buzz. So I do have one other thing, and I think I mentioned this to you, but I, saw, I found this really fascinating industry-related story, which is a... Uh, maybe this will be our news, new news segment. It's like, what's in the news? Today on News Center 1. Here we go. New. Whoa, did you hear that? Yeah. We have, <laughs> they're, they're doing some uh, construction on the on the building, and we just heard a loud bang. It was yeah. an earthquake, maybe. <laughs> we were going we to uh, mention that and have a disclaimer at the beginning, but it's actually been rather quiet until that. It sounded like a, like a thunder boomer going off. <laughs> but, uh, hey, that's, that'll be our new cue-in for our news segment. There you go. We just have a rolling thunder sound on there. So (laughs) I thought this was fascinating. And uh, it's interesting because since it happened, well, and this was the interesting thing too. We had a fire here in Hot Springs. uh, And this happened around the same period of time, maybe a little earlier. But there was a a, uh, record plant, I guess you can call it that. It was called Apollo Masters Corporation. Hmm, mm-hmm. uh, I, I might have mentioned this to you. Yeah, but, yeah. And I'm not going to go too deep into it, but I think it's fascinating because vinyl sales, according to this article, have risen consistently for 13 years in a row. And in 2019, get this, over 18.8 million vinyl records were sold. I believe according it. To Nielsen. Isn't that amazing? Dude, I, I, I'm a big record guy. I've got quite the collection, and I think it's cool that some new artists are coming out with vinyl. I'm a big Amos Lee fan, and he does mm-hmm. everything on his stuff, uh, vinyl, and it's I think it's superb. You well, know? that shows how relevant this is because that industry is somewhat in jeopardy a little bit. Really? As a result of this. I think it's going to iron itself out, but I had no idea. This is, uh, instead of the plant, there are, here's how I... I uh, interpret this. This place was a place that actually makes the lacquer masters, which they then send to a pressing plant who does the vinyl. And they do the mass distributing. Yeah. Okay. Once they have a master, a lacquer master, they can start pumping them out. Okay. But there's only, um, according to this, with this type of master manufacturing, and it's probably a little bit... um, Oh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Um, it's a proprietary kind of a thing. You know, they sure. have their way of doing it. This is sort of a, it's Very a really unique. niche type industry yeah. the way they do it. So there's only two. It says uh, in early February, the vinyl industry took a major hit, seeing one of its one of its two lacquer manufacturing plants burn down. The effects of the Apollo Masters Corp fire will reverberate throughout the vinyl supply <sighs> chain and have relit efforts to support local craftsmen within the field. Wow. Uh, it says here they formed a new trade association to help deal with it. It's called the Vinyl Record Manufacturers Association of North America. Hmm. This is There's only one other plant that does this type of uh, lacquer disc mastering, and it's in Japan. It's called MDC. With Apollo gone, MDC in Japan is now the only factory producing this crucial product. Holy cow. Isn't that crazy? Dang, man. To think about it, it yeah. could be like jeopardizing the industry. But as I, as I read on, I learned a new word, which was cool. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. Hit me. Well, it says the loss, loss of the largest lacquer production facility in North America 
is having serious downstream effects, most notably affected are lacquer cutting and vinyl pressing plants who have been in the midst of conducting damage control to reassure clients and rejig, that's the word, rejig their production rejig. schedules. Rejig. Rejig, which obviously just means obvi- they have to change a lot to, well. Well, I rejig every morning. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> Do you now? <laughs> you never I, wear the same socks. You always have to rejig your socks. <laughs> Okay, in your underwear too. But anyways, uh, we're gonna we're gonna read we're gonna rejig right now, and we're gonna look at rejig next time. That might be good. <laughs> I, I liked that word. Let's rejig this real quick. Uh, it just means they having to change a lot as far as their schedules. Vinyl cutting factories are now forced to prioritize customers and even what recordings they are going to cut. So wow. there's a lot of changes. So, but then as I got to the end of this, this was an interesting part. I thought too. It does say that with this association. Um, they are that it's really in regards to North American pressing business, but there are European manufacturers as well. Hmm. But apparently, they use a different, it says some of whom have adopted other audio mastering techniques, referring to the European manufacturers, and it's called direct metal mastering, which refers to the process of cutting into copper instead of lacquer. Wow. So they want to retain the authenticity of a lacquer master. The copper is slightly different and might affect the sound. But it's one of those things where, well, as long as they have an alternative, and if it's European, well, you know, who cares? As long as they can keep making vinyl records. But this is something we'll have to follow. I haven't seen any recent stories about it since the first first articles that hit regarding the fire. So uh, fascinating. And if you're into vinyl, if you're an audiophile, yeah, that's uh, kind of a hit cool. for sure. Yeah. I wonder if there was in the fire, and I'm sure there was. I wonder if there was. There were. Uh, geez, I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they were. They were. They were. You're getting to that there point. was machines that are irreplaceable. That yeah, specifically to this that did that lacquer job. Mm-hmm. And being that there's only there was only two facilities that did this, mm-hmm. machines that burnt down that maybe they can't recreate or it's going to take some time to get back to that that was part of it because a lot of these um you know again these are old this is an old technology older technology and a lot of these machines have been around for years there was something that they referred to called a styly and it's the it's the device that's used to actually burn the grooves in the record and that was fairly proprietary as well man but another issue is because of the new environmental laws in California, they're not even sure they would be able to rebuild this type of plant because they were sort of grandfathered in. But when you're using this lacquer, it's very, it's not a very environmentally friendly product. And in fact, during the fire, there was explosions and black globs of stuff that went flying out into the street. Oh gosh. (laughs) From some of the stuff I read. So that's another issue. And yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to follow and see how this all evolves and how the vinyl industry survives Mm -hmm. with this. So man, yeah. Crazy man. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's crazy. Hopefully we can land back on our feet with that deal. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. For sure. And I think that's now we are probably at, I don't know where we're at time-wise, but uh, there we go. We're at that time. It's a, just about a wrap for <laughs> season uh, season two, episode one. Heck yeah. Again, Heck this yeah. is Outside the Mic. I'm Jarrett Weimer. I'm Martin Meyer. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging in there with us. And we promise to be back on schedule here now. And, and we wish everybody good health and be safe yeah too, so. social distancing is a good thing mm-hmm. check us out on 
outsidethemic.com, all podcast streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Wherever you can listen to a podcast, we should be there. We're there. Right on. See you guys. You take care, outsiders. Outsiders.